Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you are brand new to the show, it's kind of like a drinking variety talk show where I typically have various friends on and we talk about something that they have experience in. I've got a very informative and awesome episode for you guys this week. This week features my friend Tris. Tris is a very outspoken, awesome person, someone I always wanted to have on the podcast. And boy, oh boy, do we cover a lot in this episode. This episode was kind of inspired by the movie Love, Simon, uh, which Tris essentially raved about on Facebook. And I essentially had to go out and see the movie because of that recommendation. And speaking of Love, Simon, we do actually get into the movie during the recording of this episode. We talk for about, I would say, almost a solid half hour about Love, Simon, What I've done, because the episode did go longer than anticipated, typical intoxicated, um, I did take that chunk out and I will be releasing that as a kind of like a second part, but kind of like just our little movie review on Love, Simon. So that should come out on the same day this is released. So if that should come out on the same day this is released. So if you're interested in that movie, if you've seen it and really like it, make sure to listen to us essentially rave about the movie for a half an hour. It's pretty awesome. Tris has a lot of experience to speak from about coming out, gender, sexuality, pronouns, and so much more. So we get into all of that on this episode. And let me tell you, I actually learned a lot from sitting down with them and talking about this. I truly do hope anyone listening has an open mind and takes as much away from it as I did. This was an excellent conversation. This is classic intoxicated, even though I was the only one drinking alcohol, but that's a-okay because the conversation was well worth it. And I think a lot of people will take something away from this one. One thing I will say is that I learned way more about gender and sexuality when I start to actually talk to people who are coming from different sexual orientations and genders. And a really good point that Tris brings up in this is that it is good to ask questions to the people in your life that can speak to this experience, but also make sure that they are open and willing to give you the answers because not everyone has the mental energy to educate you all the time. And I thought that that was an excellent point. All of that being said, Tris came on the show to be open about it and to answer questions. I do want to send a huge thank you to Tris for being such an awesome guest, for coming on and being really open and raw about everything, because that's what I really like in a intoxicated guest. Do make sure you are subscribed to Intoxicated Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out Intoxicated Reviews, our second channel hosted by Corey, all about TV and movies. It is a separate feed, a separate podcast, so do make sure you subscribe over there as well. Don't miss an episode from either channel. We have a Patreon page, and we have been actually pumping out some bonus episodes for our Patreons over there. They're actually really, really good episodes. So you can head over to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com backslash intoxicated. Take a look at the various reward levels, and do sign up if you'd like to support the Intoxicated Podcast. Speaking of Patreons, I want to give my weekly shout out to Tyler and Zoe. Thank you so much for supporting the show. 
give us a follow on social media. That would be Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast on Twitter at in underscore toxicated. You can send any questions or feedback to our Gmail account. That's intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. That's about it, you guys. I hope you like this jam-packed episode with Tris. Well, we gonna get her going. Let's get her going. Let's get it going. We are back on the Intoxicated Podcast. And I'm here with Tristan. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Why, thank you. Um... This is interesting. So, like, I've had you in mind for a while now to come on the podcast. So, you are a non-drinker. I am a non-drinker. I am sitting here with my peppermint tea. Peppermint tea? And you told me before this that you've never drank. Never have. So, is it just something you just were never interested in doing? It's never interested. Um, early on, like, high school and into early university and stuff, it was... Not just didn't appeal, but, like, I actively, actively wanted not to. Interesting. And then, as it's gone on, it's kind of like, it just doesn't really appeal to me um i'm not a big fan of altered states in general um i'm I'm not not necessarily going to say no to them ever uh there are certain kinds that i'm more fond of than others but yeah um what i've seen like while i certainly have no objection to being out drinking and stuff like i met you (laughs) did i meet you at karaoke first or at parties first i was just gonna say normally we do do a friendship origin story yeah. Starting off the show. So I want to say it was either karaoke or maybe it was a birthday via... Sandra. Via Sandra? Sandra and Amy, maybe? Maybe. Was it their joint... Did they have a joint birthday party? They did party? have a joint birthday party that I we were, remember that we were both at. I remember you talking about some deep shit. Yeah. And that was when I really met you. And like, it was, truly. Yeah, met and you. it was definitely through that circle of friends regardless. Yeah. I, I would have either met you at that party or through that circle of friends at karaoke. And it's interesting because karaoke is a running theme on this podcast. <laughs> so many of my friends who've been on, I've met either through karaoke or couples that I've had on have met at karaoke or like their relationship kind of kind of or origin originated originated there we go <laughs> originated words are hard <laughs> orbs uh through karaoke so it's only natural i'm probably gonna get dave on at some point that'd be great i feel like he's he's brought a lot of people together a lot of various oh, personality types i would love to fucking talk about yeah. the fact that we thought the fickle frog was closing and oh. i went to the bar that night you were there. I, I was saw there. you. I gave you a big hug. I actually had a really good chat with Dave. Yeah, he's like, amazing. He's fantastic. I mean, I knew that, he's a but great guy. It, it was the first time he and I had really ever actually like sat down and talked like that. And right. It was great because I'm getting back involved in theater. Mm. Um, we had a good chat about theater in general because I've been kind of out of it for ages. Um, but now I'm doing a show this summer. The Darwin Players is going to be amazing. Yay! That's um, awesome. talk about that. Talking about. My audition for that show, I did a monologue by a playwright named Sky Gilbert. Okay. Uh, a Toronto playwright, uh, founder of Buddies in Bad Times, which is one of the really major queer theaters in Canada. Found out afterwards. Um, so, so Dave was saying that actually Dave's first exposure to nudity on stage was a Buddies in Bad Times show. Um, but found out that my dad went to York with Sky Gilbert. Oh, wow. Dad was in acting, York was in writing. Or, uh, Gilbert was in, was in writing. Um, and of course, you know, university theater, all mm-hmm. the writing students would grab the acting students for, mm-hmm. uh, their shows. Dad doesn't think he ever did one of Skies, but, like, he definitely remembers having been there at the same time That's as Scott Gilbert. It's like, I had a major fanboy moment. Because it was just like, holy shit. Because, like, we're talking, you know, major Canadian queer theater icon. Right. That's insane. Um, yeah. But that night at the Frog, like, I was in the state of mind of, 
my favorite bar is about to close. Like, yeah. we didn't know what was happening with the fickle. Oh, we had no idea. Um, turns out it's all fine, but it was, it, it was a cash only cheap drink night. So it was packed. And I remember just like, I got emotional seeing everybody because you just think like, like there's just certain people that you only see in certain environments. Yeah. And I feel like you and I, we only see each other either at Fickle Frog or like at a party. Yeah. Which are few and far between now because everyone has kids. Oh, which... this is weird. <laughs> it's all good. I'm really happy for you. But... Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for everyone. <laughs> but oh God, it's weird. <laughs> And we did, we've sung karaoke together. Yes, we, we did, did. We did karaoke at, uh, wasn't New Year's, it was Melanie's, Melanie's birthday, I believe. Yes, yes. Uh, we did, we did Out Mr. Brightside. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous house. Oh, so gorgeous. Oh. I got, I finally got an invite. I got an invite to their wedding. Oh, nice. And they gave me a date and I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel so Melanie and Ben was so excited for Melanie and Ben's wedding. But yeah, we did Mr. Brightside together because you do an awesome, Thank you. awesome rendition of Mr. Brightside. Ugh, so good. It's the most one with Colin when we hit those harmonies together. You guys, but... yeah, you hit the harmonies perfect. It's amazing. It's like my one of my favorite songs to just belt out. Oh my God, it's so good. It's just, it's, just, it's so cathartic. It's really cathartic. <laughs> Big time. But yeah, but, but back to the drinking thing. Oh yeah. You're drinking tea. I'm actually drinking... Priority Pale Ale from North Brewing Co. They are local. I tried nice. to drink as many local people as possible, and I thought the can was really pretty, so that's why I got it. They're over on Agricola, I think, right? Oh, yeah, I think around there, yeah. I think I walk by them. area. So it's it's actually really good. I really like it. So shout out to North Brewing Co. Yeah. Um, but let's fucking get into it, shall we? Absolutely. Tell me everything about your life. <laughs> Go! Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> Where do I start? Let's start at birth. So how was <laughs> how was coming out of the womb? How was that for you? <laughs> well, it's the first and last time I love to touch a vagina. <laughs> you knew right away. You're like, nah, not for me. Well, although to, to be fair, I say that that's kind of the joke with gay guys. But I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I, I'm open to dating trans guys and like non-binary masculine okay. folk. Yep. Who, yeah, we open were talking about birth. So yeah, so I, I make that joke, but. It's more of a joke. It's, it's, yeah. It's a joke because people know that joke. Yeah, exactly. It's a comfort, in a way. So when, so what was growing up like? Like, when did you kind of realize? Um, I would have figured out that I was gay at around, I think I had a three-month phase when I was, like, 12. I was like, I'm bisexual. I like both. Uh-huh. And then, like, three months later, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just No. Was there a, like an experience that made you go to the no? Um, or I, I, I found some things online okay. that were eye opening. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> as, as most teenage guys do. Um, and just for clarity, so um, more recently, I've been identifying as non-binary. Um, I still present pretty masculine, but I'm non-binary. Right. Um, mostly use they them pronouns. Right. Um, but I'll talk about a lot of my past experiences as being yes. a gay guy because. Until a couple of years ago, that's how I identified, and a lot of the lens through I was experiencing it. Right. So interesting. That's so because in a way, and like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this question how it, how I feel. Like. Absolutely. Did you kind of come out multiple times? Oh, well, coming out is a lifelong process. Right. Even if you only have the one identity. Very true. Um, Very like true. you come out like I. I came out to a couple people, you know, in junior high. Um, my, my parents, my family in grade nine, 
and then kind of what I consider my coming out in grade 10, about halfway through grade 10, and that's a story I'll get into later. I want to hear it. Um, but even after that, like, you meet someone new, you have to tell them. Um, you start a new job, you have to decide, am I going to come out here? Are they going to know? Am I going to hide it? Right. Um, and while I'm very, very open about my attraction to men and to masculine people, um, I still spend a lot of time in the closet regarding gender, like a lot of new experiences with friends. Like I was out last night with, um, for a friend's birthday party and met a whole bunch of people and just didn't say anything. Cause I mean, I still present pretty masculine yeah. and yeah, and it's just like, do I want to deal with potentially a lot of really shitty opinions about this right now? Is uh... that something I want to deal with? No, I just want to go out and have fun with some friends for a while. Right. And do you kind of pick up on those vibes sometimes when you walk into a room, like, you think maybe these people won't be as either accepting or, like, they might make assumptions more than others? Sometimes. A lot of it's just, like, it's not necessarily that I worry that they will, so much as that I don't want to flip that coin. Right. Um, A lot of people are going to be accepting, um, even in groups where some people aren't, some people will be. But it's also a question of, because it's not as commonly talked about and not as well known, do I want to shoulder the burden of that education right now? Fair enough. Especially if you are in, I just want to have fun mode. Exactly. Because right now you're, like, right now you came over, you're here to educate people exactly. like me on your experience, so you're willing, you know, you're willing to get into it. But, like, if you're just going to a friend's birthday. Exactly. You're like, I just want to be me and I just want to have fun. And there were a lot of really cute guys there last night, and if anything happens with we start talking and things start going anywhere, I'll be upfront about it and say, hey, by the way, I didn't bring things up before, but while I, you know, usually look more or less like this, I'm not exclusively a guy. Like, my I, my gender right now, and I'm, I'm just saying, is gender is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> if, if gender was a, a Facebook option. It it's be, complicated. It's complicated. Um, I love it. I generally use non-binary because uh, right. it's the most accurate term I found or gender queer. Um, okay. I'm not generally using gender fluid. Um, hasn't felt really. Can I ask what the difference is between gender fluid and gender queer? Um, gender fluid generally implies a little more of a an identity and mo- identity in motion, I guess, we would say to put it. Gotcha. Um, where you can feel more male or female or in between on any given day. Genderqueer is more of an umbrella term, um, the same way that non-binary would be. You'll often see them used interchangeably. Right. Um, although there are some subtle differences that even I'm not necessarily entirely clear on. Um, genderqueer relies a little more on queerness as an, as an identity. Right. Um, whereas being non-binary doesn't involve queerness necessarily as part of the identity in the same way. Huh. Interesting. And that's a whole kettle of fish that I'm not prepared. (laughs) Prepared in the sense of having like everything in order to be able to talk about. (laughs) Do you know what's interesting to me though? And like full, full blown honesty here. Yep. Queer was something I was always confused about. I never really understood what it meant until probably the past two years. Okay. And actually sitting down with people, various people that are not just gay or lesbian, uh, and talking to them, actually, even through the podcast, I've yeah. learned 
fucking so much about various spectrums of people. And I've realized that it's really just, I mean, and forgive me if I'm if I'm wrong on this, but it is an umbrella term to kind of encompass everyone. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, queer is very much an umbrella term. You'll see yeah. a lot of people like, I, I describe my sexu- sexual orientation as queer now rather than gay. Sometimes. <laughs> right. Because um, gay is also in some ways often used as an umbrella term. Um, yeah. But there's there's a lot of community politics involved in a lot of this. Um, right. Queer, for some people, is a very contentious word mm. um, because it was used as a slur for so long. Um, but there was, I want to say movement probably late 90s, early 2000s for a real push for queer to kind of become the broader word right. because it did encompass more identities more explicitly. Whereas gay, while is used as an umbrella term, it's also so closely linked with specifically same-sex attraction and even more explicitly same-sex male attraction. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a lot of identity politics, a lot of assimilation politics linked with the idea of using queer over gay. Um, Can we be both? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so not every gay guy or lesbian... Is going to use the word queer. Queer. Right. Um, and in fact, you see a lot of... There was a big movement politically in the early 90s to kind of this is where i'm talking about politics assimilation um in a lot of ways coming out of the aids crisis and because of that there was a big movement for kind of acceptable i'm air quoting here guys yes air quotes (laughs) air air quotes acceptable gays and lesbians to kind of separate themselves from the queerer folks from the trans folks from the bisexual folks from the more promiscuous, you know, gay and lesbian people. Um, it's like, hey, we're not like them. We're more like you. We're okay. Oh, God. Um, and a lot of the division between gay versus queer as umbrella terms came out of that. Um, and then you're seeing now um, in a lot of younger communities, there are a lot of especially young women who are rejecting the, the use of the word queer because this, this whole idea of it being this big slur but a lot of that actually comes out of uh, TERFs. Uh, that's T-E-R-S, Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminists, oh. who are kind of radicalizing these young women to kind of reject the idea of queer as, a, as an identity because queer is the word of a lot of these more, you know, of trans folks, of bisexual folks, uh-huh. as opposed to a lot of the more, um, quote-unquote, radical feminists who reject a lot of these ideas. So it's complicated as fuck, but you will, but you will tear my word queer from my cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, and I've often made jokes, like, "Hey, hey guys, listeners who have listened to me for over a year, I'm a straight white girl. Like, so, like I'm the most boring type that there is. But like, I love queer people, and, and we love you. And and that's the thing. And it's like I identify so much with people who are like just own being different and they don't give a fuck and they're just themselves. And I've often made jokes being like, I wish I could be queer. Because I've asked, like, people being like, straight can't fall under that, right? Yeah. I mean, mean, you could be... (laughs) It's getting real complicated. I mean, if you were... You could be straight, but not cis, and that would be a queer entity. That's very true. So Um, do we know what the exact definition of cis uh, well, cis is, um, I forget the exact meaning, but it's essentially, it, it's the, it's, it's a prefix used, it's from the Greek, the way that trans is, and they're just opposite. 
Like uh, they, I'm they are opposites. The opposite sex. No, no. So cis or... and trans are, are related to gender. Oh, okay. Oh, um, got you. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so okay. like cisgender is the opposite of transgender. So I am a woman. Yeah, so, no, not, no, I mean, so would be a trans woman. Right. Um, cisgender means that your gender identity matches the gender you were assigned at birth. Got you. Oh, that. Learning things. Learning things. Learning and that's things. what I'm here for. That's what yeah. we're here for. I, like, let me just, and like, let me just fucking say, I fucking encourage people to ask questions to people, like, like, this yeah. is how I'm gonna learn. Oh, exactly. I would rather learn this way than. Googling a BuzzFeed article or... Do you know what I mean? Like, I would rather talk to somebody and really learn these things as opposed to, like, just making assumptions. Yeah, and the one thing I would caution there is make sure that the person you're asking the questions of is willing to and in a state to answer them. Like we we were saying, like, um, I don't know if it was actually before we said it or not, but saying, you know, I'm here, I'm here to talk about things. I'm here to educate today. Right. Um, Like, I'm... There's a time and place for it. There's a time and place for it. There are days where I just don't have the brains for it. Aha. Uh-huh. Where, yeah. So, to like, you know, same with the party last night. Like, I didn't want to do educate at the party last night. So, I didn't right. come out as non-binary right. to all these new people. So, it's like, I I didn't want to deal with that. But, like, right. that's what I'm here for today. Love it. And thank you so much. Yeah. Like, because this is, the, and this is something I think a lot of people can learn from. Yeah. Uh, and it's about being open. It's about asking questions and trying to understand different perspectives. Yeah. Which is what the show's all about. Exactly. So, let's go back to your your whole journey. Okay. Um. So, you said you came out in grade 10? Yep. So, what was that like? Grade okay. 10, to me, is like one of the worst fucking years. Uh, it, was, it, it was an experience. <laughs> okay. Um, so, some background here. Um, yes. I grew up in, like, out in Hammonds Plains and kind of in the middle of nowhere, and I was in this... I was placed where I went to this one rural junior high, um, where because of my neighborhood, I had the choice between one of two high schools. Oh, okay. And most people went to this one, uh, Sajan A, out in, like, middle of nowhere, Cantalan, Timberley kind of place. Um, but there were six of us who went to C.P. Allen in Bedford instead, which was, you know, a little more of an upscale area. Um, and I didn't have a lot of really close attachments to people necessarily in my junior high. I was a relatively shy individual, which mm. has... You're not shy now. Uh, I can be. <laughs> uh, it can be, it, it can take some time. In certain situations. It can take some time for me to open up. Like, right. like last night, we were the quiet end of the table. Oh. Um, until I started talking. Right. Um, but it, like, it took, someone mentioned something and said, hey, let's start talking about this. And I was like, going off on big long tangents about, oh, everything. And it's like... <laughs> We were no longer the quiet end of the table. Perfect podcast. Um, but yeah, no, so, you know, I, didn't have, I didn't have any really close friends, so I figured, hey, you know, it's the school my brother went to, it's, you know, a slightly better funded school, um, so into CPA, so I didn't really know anyone, so I was making all, I was making all new friends. Um, I was in band, I played trombone through junior high and high school, um, and there, uh, there was this one girl who also played trombone, who I became friends with pretty quickly, who... She was. I wish you could. I wish you could see Tristan's face right now. <laughs> she she was quickly enamored of me. Interesting. Um, and it was kind of like, and like it was like I said again. So I I, I was already at my family at this point. Um, we didn't really talk about it at all. But it, like people, it had come up. People knew, and just nothing really was really happening. So there wasn't really anything to talk about. 
but uh so no so through so through first semester of grade 10 i was getting to know people i was kind of coming out of my shell you know making new friends and stuff you know i mean i was still not you know the gregarious person that i am now but i was (laughs) opening up a little bit more Mm -hmm. and then it was i want to say it was february 1st interesting you remember the date i i love when people remember dates (laughs) um so so in february 1st 2000 um, and the only reason I remember was because second semester was supposed to start on the first, uh, but we'd had a snow day on the last day of first semester, which bumped things up. Right. So it was the day before second semester started, and I was talking on the phone with uh, this this girl, and she was talking about this other guy she had a crush on, and then I don't actually remember how it came up in conversation. Um, but she was talking about how she, she'd been talking to him about how, how I wasn't reacting to any of her advances. Oh. And I, I wish I remember how it came up. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't understand how we actually got to that point in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what yeah. were we talking about that we got there? The but transition no. into it. Yeah. yeah. Really. So we got to the point where she was like talking about how she'd been talking to him about how I wasn't reacting to her advances. Um, and I guess he went, well, maybe he's gay. And there was this moment, this beat, and she went, you're not, are you? <laughs> it was kind of like, um, uh, about that. <laughs> she started crying. Oh my god! Uh, but then we're talking, we talk it through, um, and things kind of ended on a, on a good note on the conversation. So she immediately, after, after our, our phone call ends, she immediately runs back to this other guy. Um, with my okay, like she wasn't just outing me, uh, but immediately was back to this other guy to go. Oh my god, you were right. Um. Uh. So then he comes back a little bit later and goes, "Hey, so I have this friend who'd be interested in meeting Tris." Um. And so this this back and forth, like all afternoon into the evening of like, well, how are we gonna get in contact with each other? Da 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 da. da. How am I gonna meet this guy? Um. And it ends up with this girl has me on the phone and brings this guy in through a calling. Oh my god! Three way call. So then she and then so so then she's she's gonna put down the phone so that he can tell me who the friend is and so I can get in contact with the friend. Okay. So she goes. I'm gonna put the phone down, guys. And she puts the phone down. Um, and there's a minute or two of you know like really quick small talk, and the guy goes, "I have a confession to make." There's no friend. It's me. <gasps> what? <laughs> I actually. You can't. Are you making this up? I am not making this up. Like is this you, a script of you, a movie? you can't make this up. <laughs> I now totally get why you love love Simon so much. <laughs> which we're gonna talk about in a we're minute. We're gonna talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, Holy shit! That's crazy. Yeah, so he and I make plans to meet up at lunch at school the next day kind of thing, because we're, we're all at the same school. Um, so we make, we make plans to meet up at school the next day at lunchtime and stuff, and then he says goodbye, and then there's this moment, and starts just like, um, I'm, tr- I'm trying not to na- name anyone for privacy reasons. Right. Um, so, but the girl uh, starts basically squealing because she hadn't put the phone down. So less than 12 hours later, finds out... That the other guy she has a crush on is also gay. Okay. 
I would love to talk to her. Because <laughs> what would that... Okay. And, like, I've often thought about this situation because yeah. I've actually seen it play out in various shows that I've watched as well. Yep. Where, and actually, what comes to mind is the show Girls, which I love. Okay. Uh, Hannah, like, she approaches an ex-boyfriend to okay. tell him that she has HPV. Oh. And he's like, I'm gay. And she's like, oh my God. And she goes through this, like, whole, like, psychological, like, oh my God, what? Like, was I, like, and I often think, like, and maybe this is just, I don't know where this assumption's coming from. Okay. But I often think that that would be better in some ways because it's not necessarily your personality like it's they're just not into women so it's not about your personality or who you are it's just (laughs) do you know what i mean like i've often thought that like maybe it's not so bad but that would be a double whammy and that would be (laughs) that would be fucking crazy on a three-way call yeah this was grade 10 grade 10 oh my god She, she and i were grade 10 he was grade 11 oh my god um, and then he and I started going out officially the next day. Shut up! Were you still friends with the girl? Uh, am I now? Yeah. No, no, um... Did, did you kind of stay friends during that time? For a little bit, yeah. Um, my... There was a new high school built, so a bunch of people who... A bunch of people who, went, who I was in high school with in grade 10 ended up at the different school, uh, mm-hmm. for 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, she ended up at that school, so we weren't, you know, in contact as much, um... So we drifted apart. Did she react on the phone call at all? Um, not until he hung up. Okay. And what was her reaction? Squealing. Like, from sadness? <laughs> from, I, I think, just overwhelming emotion. Oh my god. <laughs> Inab- inability, to, uh, inability to deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at that age. Yeah. I can't imagine. Because, I mean, your world back then is essentially based around oh i have a crush on this person and do yeah. they like me back or not and at 31 it's still the same <laughs> <laughs> at 34 it's still the same right things things it's almost like things stay kind of the same they just get more amplified in a way yeah uh, that's crazy no no adult knows what they're doing we just pretend it's so true though <laughs> we just pretend and we just have more things to do yeah we just have more errands yeah and bills. And bills. So many fucking bills. <laughs> so many bills. <sighs> That's crazy. So you went out the next day. How yeah. long did that relationship... Uh, a few months. Okay. Um, not bad. It would have been, I think, probably like five or six months. Okay. Um, it just kind of ended. It's high school. It's high school. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's pretty rare that those things last past yeah. high school. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So what was the high school experience like for you coming out? Uh, I was, I mean, I knew going into this that, you know, telling, telling this girl would mean that everyone would know. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, I knew before I told her that it would mean that it would go around the school, that it wouldn't be a secret. Just, right. Um, and then I, uh, so, I mean, it took, you know, a day or two and then kind of like everyone knew okay. <laughs> pretty much. At least everyone in our, you know, rough immediate circles. Uh, and then I was the only openly queer kid in my high school for the next two and a half years. Wow. Um, Were people decks? No. I actually had a really... It's... Especially given the time, because it was this This would have been, you know, 2000 through 2002. Right. Um, given the time, it was actually a relatively smooth coming out. 
Um, and there were, I mean, and there were some people who I talked to who, you know, were kind of out privately or a couple of friends kind of thing or right. stuff like that. Um, or who even had just, you know, talked to me about how they were trying to figure themselves out. But yeah, I was the only one who was like, like openly, you know, talking about it. I was, I was the one <laughs> for two and a half years in high school. Wow. And, um, and people came to, did people come to you talking about, I think I might be gay too? Like a couple of people, like, um, not, not a whole lot. Um, I think for some of them, the fact that I was as out as I was probably actually would have scared them off. Right. Um, because I think there's, I think there's probably, especially for people who are like, it's one thing for guys who, you know, know and are closeted, but I think it's even something else for, for people who are trying to figure out if they're even actually in the closet. Right. <laughs> I guess you know, if they're, you know, is this me? Is is like, is is this what I feel? I'm so confused right now, and like to see someone like me, like it's in some ways probably good to have that person there to look up to. Mm-hmm. For what I like, you know, quote unquote, to look up to, right? But at the same time, maybe intimidating. I would and, imagine and not so, yeah. and not wanting as much to be associated with someone like me in that instance because they're like, what if someone figures it out because I'm around them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Freaking high school. Well, that's interesting that yeah. you had like a fairly. Because I think a lot of, and again, we're going to get into Love, Simon very soon. Yeah. But that, it makes so much sense to me now why that movie must have resonated with you so oh much. Oh my god. And I'll get into even more of that when we talk about it. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's just, oh my god. Um, but no, so then, but, and then for, for me too, I mean, like, I had, while I wasn't, didn't necessarily have a lot of close friends, I had a lot of friends. I had a fairly large circle of circle of friends at that point, just through, through band, through other communities. I was one of those people in high school who had friends in a lot of very different social circles. Uh-huh. I um, like that. Like, kind of like, kind of like chameleon all over the place. Yeah. And not necessarily because I was trying to be everything to everyone, but it's just kind of like, it just worked out that, like, you know, I, I had friends everywhere. I could hang out with pretty much anyone I wanted to. Like that. Um, without even really realizing it, like, I didn't realize until basically in grade 12 how, that I was apparently popular. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> But I, I'm this, like, random <laughs> band dork. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's... And, and, like, I gotta say, like, I grew up in Anaganesh. Yeah. And my high school experience was... I didn't know any gay people. Yeah. I wasn't exposed to openly gay people until college. Yeah. I wasn't exposed to trans people. Yeah. Probably until after that. Like, honestly. Mm. Like, in terms of people I've... Interacted physi- with, yeah. Physically met. And... It's really nice to hear that you had, like, a decent high school yeah. experience, because I think a lot of pop culture can talk about the, oh, like, bullying, and, and yeah. you know what, like, that's a whole yeah. other thing. And, like, and be... that is absolutely the reality for so, so many, many people, even now. Yeah. Um, for all the advances that have been made in terms of acceptance, that's still a huge reality. Um, but the other stories exist, too, and I think that's also important. I think that's, yeah. Can you speak to the, what you were going through when you were kind of in the process of coming out? Uh, what was the internal, what was going on behind closed doors? Were you someone who, like, did you feel really conflicted? Like, what was going on there? I'm fascinated by that. 
Yeah. Or was it more of just kind of an acceptance? Like, you just have to accept it. There was never any kind of hesitation on my part to identify as gay. Hmm. Um, like, I, like I said, you know, I, I got exposed to it pretty much like... I hadn't even really even heard about it. Because it was never... It was never really talked about growing up, you know. Ellen kind of thing. But even that... Right. Even that, I think, was junior high after I even already knew about myself. Because that would have been uh, 98? That was... Yeah, that was pretty long ago, yeah. Yeah. I think it was 98. I wonder um, if I, see if I can look it up. That'd be great. Um, because I'm pretty sure that was after I figured myself out. So even that was kind of like, oh, there's an actual gay person kind of publicly. That's great. <laughs> um, but it was, it was never talked about growing up, that kind of thing. Like, it was never anything that was really mentioned as a possibility in my home. Uh, um, 97. 97. So right around the time, probably like not long after, I was kind of figuring myself out. So, But still after I been exposed to it online and you know I, I, when i say exposed to it online i'm talking about you know what most young men do on the internet chat rooms <laughs> would it have been chat rooms back then not so much chat rooms um nothing really in terms of interaction um porn, I'm, porn. yeah <laughs> i'm talking you. about porn <laughs> really because i didn't experience porn until like oh a lot well when did i experience porn i don't actually fucking know um it's probably and, late high school though. And for me it was actually more the written stuff. <gasps> Ooh. Um I think my first real exposure to that idea was actually fan fiction because I was getting involved in online fandom around the same time. Oh, gotcha. And coming across, you know, like fan fiction erotica. Um and then realizing, oh, there are these huge archives of like people writing gay shit. This is great. <laughs> Amazing. Um and that was kind of <laughs> while it has definitely well, I look back sometimes and I go, oh, that's why I'm fucked up about this thing. <laughs> there are some interesting, let's just say there's some interesting numbers in a lot of these, some interesting sizes in a lot of these stories. Oh, wow. <laughs> I am so curious. Um, there's a lot of gay men writing about some interestingly endowed men. <laughs> like 14 inch decks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If not larger. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's like so. So there. So there was. That's def- yet for some disappointment. De- yeah. So definitely some phase <laughs> phases going through there where my sense of what was actually realistic <laughs> was skewed. <laughs> oh my god! Like the second guy I had sex with was fuck and turned out to be one of my uh, long term boyfriends. Yeah. And he was huge. And, like, that was the second person that I had had sex with. And I was just like, okay, this seems... And, like, before that, it was, like, I would say, like, on the the larger side of average. I don't know. No judgment. It's it's, it's never the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. But I'm just saying that, like, the second person I had sex with, like, that was very large yeah and it does set you up to just kind of be prepared but also think like oh maybe other guys are like this and that's not the case every now and then you're like i I, i've had some luck in that regard (laughs) (laughs) well i remember having sex with like a larger penis for the first time and the words he used was because i was like really scared yeah i'm like this is gonna hurt and he's like don't worry women push babies out yeah, see, we like, don't have that, that advantage. Reassur- yeah, really, though? You don't? Oh, my God! How would you even... I don't even know. I can't even imagine. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. So it was yeah. written 
like written porn. Yeah, so erotica. Er- erotica, yeah, erotica. was kind of my exposure to that, and that's realistically more or less where I got exposed to the idea. Oh, interesting. Um, so did you find yourself getting turned on by that stuff? Yeah, and then that's how you kind of yeah, and then I started doing some that. of the reading and th- letting me you know. At the time, it would have been Yahoo, probably. Good old Yahoo. Or Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves! I guess this is before Google. Like, I, yeah! I, I, I'm an old fuck. Yeah! You're, you said you're how, how old are you? 34. Okay, got you. So I'm 30, so we're three yeah, years apart. Three years okay. apart. Okay. Um, so it would have been, I, th- I think, Yahoo. Um, Alta Vista, probably. Whatever the, oh my whatever, God. whatever the search engines were. Throwbacks, yeah. Right? Big time. Yeah. Um, so before Google was a thing, much less a verb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, so, but started, you know, searching up some of these words. Okay, what does this mean? Kind of thing. And starting, and getting exposed to the things that I was realistically not actually old enough or mature enough to be dealing with. Right. Um, as happens to most teenagers, because that happens on the internet. Um, but also being able to find some resources that were actually kind of targeted towards people my age. Right. Um, and being able to read some things and kind of figure it out. And like I said, there was kind of a three-month phase, because some of the first of I was getting, getting exposed to was you know was straight stuff and then i was like oh but i also like this right. oh no but i actually only like this <laughs> it's almost like there's a part of the like it's like it's tickling a part of your brain and then you just you go a bit yeah. further and you realize no like this is all i want yeah and it was thing. like and, and i think a big part of that was the assumption that i had to be attracted to women because that's what people, that's what you know guys are, right? And because you didn't grow up with seeing any other like any exactly. other gay people in your high school, so yeah, it was kind of like I, I never really had the idea of it being a thing to kind of get over the initial hump. So like I said, like I think my my quote unquote bi phase was like three months, right? <laughs> like, Interesting. Can I ask? Okay, yeah, I'm gonna ask. Ask this. anything. I may. I I will. I I will reserve the right not to answer, but ask anything. And, like, this is just me, because I've... One of my favorite YouTubers actually yeah. came out as bisexual. Okay. And made a whole video about, I'm bi. And he was someone, even when he was dating a woman, yeah. he was also a famous YouTuber. Yeah. Um, Who people would just write and be like, just come out as gay already. Just come out yeah. as gay, you're gay. Um, you know, based on the things, like, we talk about gaydar all the time, and picking up on whether or not someone's gay. Yeah. Which I think is kind of, it's kind of fucking bullshit in my It is and it isn't. Um. Like, in some ways it is, in some ways it isn't, but, like, you, you just can never assume anything, I feel. Yeah. But people would, assumed that this guy was gay, and when he came out as bi, people were just like, this is a cop-out, like, you're gay, da 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 What's the deal with this stigma on bisexuality like what, um, what the fuck is people like why do people have such a problem with it i wonder like, um i mean i guess it's, maybe we don't know the answers to that but i think a lot of it is that a lot of people really like their binaries <laughs> like a lot a of comfort level a lot of a, a, it's a lot of his comfort level like a lot of people just have this really strong emotional attachment to the idea of binaries yeah to the idea of gender being a binary of sex being a binary of sexual orientation being a binary yeah and anything that kind of bucks that makes them feel really uncomfortable because it's it's fucking with their worldview very true um yeah like the whole idea of the gender binary assumes that men not just that men are separate than women and something in between but also that Men are this, and women are this, mm-hmm. and never the twain shall meet. Mm-hmm. Um, same kind of thing, you know. The idea is that you know, gay men are this, straight men are that, 
Yes. Um, but, which, I mean, is also, again, plainly untrue. Like, yeah. just demonstrably, like, you look around, you, you you look around a room of, like, five gay men and there are six different ways of being a man. <laughs> I love that. It's so true, though. Um, it's so true, though. And, like, yeah. I, I feel like that's something that you only get with age and experience. Yeah. Is realizing that... And the idea of realizing that sexuality is a spectrum, too. Yeah. Like, I, you can identify as straight, but maybe you're a part of you wouldn't mind to have an experience with another. Like, you yeah. be a straight guy, say I'm a straight guy, maybe you're okay with having a threesome with another guy. Exactly. Like, that's like, part of you that's a little not so straight, you know? Yes, like, like it, it, it's complicated. It's very complicated. <laughs> it's, it's like I said earlier, gender's complicated, so is fucking sexuality. You, like, no pun you, intended. That, what's it called? The Kensington scale? Uh, Kinsey. Uh, Kinsey, Kinsey. K I N, no, just, just Kinsey. It's K I N S E Y. Got you. The um, great movie with Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, but no. So Alfred Kinsey was a sex researcher, one of the really first sex researchers, um, at least in like North America. And so the Kinsey scale runs zero to six. Now Kinsey, in his research, was interested exclusively in sexual behavior, mm. um, and not necessarily uh, emotional orientation. Um, so you could be someone who would say, eventually came to the realization that you are only attracted to men, for example, but if you had had experiences with women prior to that, or as part of being in the closet, you would still move up on Kinsey's scale. Oh, um, okay, good. Because yeah. it's graded by what you've done rather than how you identify. Interesting. Um, like what you're actually attracted to. Um, so Kinsey's research is not perfect. That's, but, yeah, that, that's definitely not perfect, yeah. Um, but at the time, it was revolutionary. And there's, yeah. still a, and there's still a lot of really good stuff that came out of his research. Like, it's definitely worthwhile. Um, and and at the time, like, we didn't necessarily have the same kind of frame of reference for an identity that we do now. So he wouldn't have had that as a starting block to kind of go, oh, let's look at it this way. Huh. Like, he was, he was looking at exclusive behavior. But yeah, so it runs zero to six. Zero is kind of completely heterosexual. Six is completely homosexual. Unless I've reversed that. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Should we look it up? Was it, is it K-I-S? K-I-N-S-E-Y. K-I-N-S-E-Y. Um, pretty sure zero is heterosexual, six is homosexual. Zero is hetero? Yeah, okay, I have it right. I have it right. And six is homo, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, so, so the way that Kinsey designed the scale is, you know, based on behavior. People have, you know, since then kind of used it identity-wise. Like, yeah. um... But again, it's also not perfect because it presumes that sex and gender are binary. <laughs> because we it's, love our binaries. It's a lot. Like, yeah. let, like, let me just say, it's a lot to take in, but it's f- absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah. There's a, fascinating. There's a lot of nuance to this stuff. And, yeah. And it's just, it's, there's a lot, like, I'm still learning. Like, people who are experts in the field are still learning. The, the advances we've made in our understanding of gender and sexuality in the last 10 years, five years, like yeah. what, I, what I've seen like trickling down into kind of more common understanding, maybe not mainstream, but you know, being a little more awareness, even in kind of more general spaces. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's fascinating the way we're actually starting to understand this a lot more. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And I, it's yeah. And you see a lot of people being like, Oh, you know, all these crazy millennials just making up all these words for things. It's like, we're not, it's like, we're, we're making up words for them, but we're not making up the things. We're just putting names on things that have always existed. You are nailing it. That was going to be one of my questions to you. 
Yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there that are just like, there's too many things and I just can't keep up with it. No, 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 no. When I talk to my friend, Brenda. Yeah. Who identifies as asexual, but mm-hmm. she also, there is an asexual spectrum and yep. under that is plasiosexual. So for her, she only likes to give um, in sexual situations. Yes. And not receive. And it was fascinating to me hearing from her about that because she yeah. was talking about the idea of having kind of a love-hate relationship with pronouns in that, or not pronouns, sorry, um, it, sexualities yeah. or names for sexualities. And she was saying about how like, it's good because it unifies people. You're like, this is what I am. And having a title on that yeah. is actually making me feel less alone. Yeah. Which I think that I always go back to that. When I get overwhelmed with these titles, because I'm just like, these, uh, you just said it entirely correct. These are what these people are. There's just a name for it now. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who look at those different facets. Demisexual is one of them. Yeah. Demisexual being you are only attracted to someone if you have an emotional connection. Do I have that right? More or less. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that can be for any dynamic. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of people who think, and I'm not one of them, but there's a lot of people who think that shouldn't be a sexuality or that shouldn't be classified as that. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, if you want to say it, just fucking say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like The labels don't exist for other people. They exist for the person. They, yeah. Um, they exist for those people. Those um, people. There's a lot of, I see so many stories Oh um, one, one of these recurring themes I see online is people talking, like people coming up to their parents as, say, for example, asexual. Asexual especially, I see this a lot, um, where people will, will come out to their parents and explain what it is, and then the parents keep asking questions and keep asking questions and keep asking questions and come to the realization is like, oh, I thought I was just wrong. Right. So it's not just these kids who are getting the use out of these new words for things. It's, it's everyone. Yeah. And like, like we're talking, you know, women in their, you know, fifties or sixties who just, you know, did the family thing and, you know, had the husband and had the kids because they thought it's what they were supposed to do. And there was, there's so much ignorance of and stigma about female sexuality, even still now that there was never any assumption that they were supposed to enjoy what they were doing. It's just what you did for your husband, right? Mm-hmm. That's um, so true. So now that we're at a point where we're recognizing, essentially, f- female pleasure in sex, we're giving space for the people who don't experience that to realize, oh, that's also okay. This isn't just something wrong with me. This isn't, and it's not just what's supposed to happen. Like, uh-huh. yeah. So it's God. the words are important. The words are important, and you don't have. And I mean, I don't know. It's really tricky. It can be tricky. It can be tricky. And and I think the thing is, too, is is like as long as you're respectful, as long yeah. as you accept the people in your life. Yeah. Because they are the people you want in your life, not because, oh, they have this thing that I have to, like, say now. Like, whatever. Like, it's their journey. Yeah. If you love them, you will try. Exactly. That's just how I, I see it, and that kind of leads me to my next question yeah which is you said that you only kind of recently uh i guess identified as non-binary non-binary what was that like (laughs) because 
Like, that has got to be challenging in a number of different ways, I would imagine, in terms of talking to people in your life, even people you're close with. Yeah. And again, I'm really really lucky in a lot of ways. Um, I was already friends with several people who, you know, would identify it as as trans women, as non-binary to one degree or another. So I... I'd had exposure to it not just as an, idea, as an idea, but within my personal life. And I think that's part of what helped. But it was, in some ways, it was just this really interesting moment of kind of everything clicking into place. It's like, oh, wait. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> that's me. Aww. <laughs> I'm yeah. that. Aw. That's gonna be cool. Um, of course, I have the... Most ridiculously me story for how I actually came to the realization. Okay. Uh, it was fan fiction based. <laughs> so much goes back to that, eh? Yeah. Um, wow. But no, I mean, the story in question, it was this absolutely brilliant story uh, called Known Associates that features basically genderqueer Steve Rogers. It reinterprets Steve Rogers, Captain America, as genderqueer. Um... And it's, I don't know, like, 280,000 words. Something was ridiculously long, and it was amazing. Um, and, like, the first of the four parts was this meticulously researched 1940s New York queer culture. Um, it was Stephen Bucky back in the 40s, kind of before and into the and then into the war, dealing with Steve, you know, first of all, being... Um, using the word fairy, because fairy would have been the word of the time, essentially, that he would have used for himself as kind yeah. of as kind of the receptive partner, because that's how they were interpreting themselves at the time. And then going from that being this, you know, very slight little, you know, quote, effeminate guy, to all of a sudden being, you know, Captain America, <laughs> which had this right. huge impact on his self-image. Because huh. he was now trying to interpret himself as, oh, but I, I'm, my body is this now, so I have to be that. Um, and that fucking with them a whole lot, and then all of a sudden waking up in the modern time and having all of these new words for things, finding out, first of all, that the words he was using for himself were, you know, no longer acceptable because, you know, words like fairy and sissy and stuff like that right. would have been the words he used for himself. And there was, um, the, the person actually writing at the time, um, at the time the story was set, although this is earlier in the story was written, there was an article on Wikipedia, uh, about, slurs for gay men and like every single word that you know steve rogers in the story had used for himself was on this list oh wow and they were all words that implied uh, effeminacy in men mm-hmm. in gay men it's like and that was again a big part of his identity mm-hmm. um that list no longer exists on wikipedia thank fuck <laughs> but yeah no um so but it was just this really interesting journey through this lens of okay steve rogers you know assuming assuming that he is queer in 40s New York and using those words and then coming into the modern era and finding all these new words that kind of also work for him or for them. And kind of going along that journey with him was kind of going along it myself. Interesting. And just things kept clicking into place. And my identity doesn't actually even quite match how his went in the fic, but there was enough points of resonance and similarity to go, oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and this was not long before that year's National Coming Out Day, and I kind of went, "Fuck it, I'm gonna like this is this is me. I'm figuring this out. I'm gonna go with this." Wow. 
Um, so I posted about it on Facebook. Sorry. and Was that the one where you actually... When when would that have been? That would have been a couple years ago now. A couple years ago, okay. Um, okay. Would have been... A year and a half ago, oh, Okay, guess. okay. Because it was... What it, was the post? Um... God, I don't remember. I don't think it was even all that long. I was kind of like, hey, you know what? it's not coming out day. I figured this out recently, you know... I'm non-binary or using pronouns and stuff and I, don't th- I think I pretty much kind of went with that and it would have been around the same time that I started using Tris more than Tristan Tris, right um, I was going to ask you about that yeah um, because and I, I still use Tristan I still use Tristan kind of professionally in some cases um, right because gender is complicated uh, yeah. but mostly I go by Tris now rather than Tris. Tristan okay because uh, it's, it's a little more neutral <laughs> right and, it, and it's what you are on Facebook so it's got to be what you really are <laughs> Because Facebook is life, everybody. Oh, God. Don't get, do not get me started on Facebook's name policy. Oh. Because according to their policy, because even Tristan's not a birth name. Oh, for um, I've been I've been using Tristan for 12 years now. Oh, wow. Um, and getting it legally changed is expensive, so I've never bothered. Oh, um, I can imagine it would be. Fuck. But yeah, no. So, like, theoretically, Facebook could throw me in Facebook jail and force me to go back to the name on my, on my birth certificate, which... Is my birth name, but it's not my real name. It's not your real name. Wow. Like, it's, it's my birth name, it's my legal name, but it's not my real name. Yeah. It's not what people in your life call you yeah. all the time. Except I introduced you as Tristan. Sarah. That's okay. No, but like I said, I still use that as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I think how I met. Well, I don't know. Yeah, and I was using Tristan more, especially when we met, I was going more by Tristan than Tris. Right. right so. Remember, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you actually did a post a while ago, because I remember, and I remember liking yeah. it. Where you clarified to people on Facebook about your the pronouns that you prefer. Yeah. Do you get a lot of people being weird about that at all? Like, like you said, I prefer this. How do you deal with people who slip up? That's that's my question. Um, I kind of don't. Um, it's one of those things that I keep wanting to actually be a little more going about. Um, is that I am really disinclined to correct people because especially there. Are, there is no one in my life who I think does it maliciously. Right. Like That's just it. Every, everyone in my life who I'm interacting with in regards to this are people who I trust not to be doing it maliciously. Right. Um, some of it is people who don't have as much, as much exposure to the idea, so they just f- fuck it up and you kind of don't understand it. Some of it is people who you know, slip, up, slip up occasionally. My mom's actually really good with it, which is great. My dad struggles, struggles with it a little more. And what was their reaction when you told them? Um, I want you to refer to me as as they. Mom's reaction was pretty much, "That's great. I'll do my best." Right. <laughs> Dad's reaction was, "I don't understand it, but I'll do my best." Right. Oh, um, so I'm kind well, of at least like, they're doing their best. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of liking that sense, and and and, yeah. and and they do do their best. Like I get that it's a really big adjustment for them. This is the kind of. These are, in a lot of ways, new ideas. Like, yes. the existence of people like me is not new, but like I said, the words are. The words are. And the and, words... And how people talk, yeah. um, especially based around people that they've either known yeah. as male or female for so many years, yeah. then adjusting how they naturally, like, talk to you would be fucking difficult. Yeah. But, you, I, I think I remember you saying in that status, like... Don't apologize if you fuck up. 
Yeah, just... Which I thought was interesting because I'm like, I totally get that. Because if someone were to make a big deal, oh my god, I'm so sorry. They're making it about themselves. Exactly. So it's probably better to just be like, oh man, Fern. Or maybe just a quick apology, like, sorry about that. Anyways, going on, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, or, or, don't make a big deal out of yeah, it. Yeah, you know, like, correct yourself, maybe say sorry, and move on. Right, exactly. And so that's probably the best way for people to deal in yeah. situations like that. Because I think a lot of people might, like, like feel really bad because they might think, like, I'm offending this person. Yeah. If you're trying, you're probably not offending them. You know what I mean? Exactly, and that's a big thing. And I'm lucky in that... Um, being misgendered isn't a trigger for me. And I'm, I'm using the word triggered here in the actual, like, psychological sense. And yes. like, it's not going to cause me flashbacks. Certain words make me more uncomfortable than others. Mm-hmm. But it's still a relatively minor discomfort. Right. Um, so you are literally not hurting me if you misgender me. Right. Um, it's uncomfortable. I'd prefer you didn't. But you're not... And I think if, if people were doing it, say, like, like say, you, say you were, like, at a party... In a group combo. And let's say they they said he or she yeah. um, more than three times in yeah. five minutes. Maybe then you're like, um... Uh, by the way... <laughs> hate to interrupt, but um, can you please... Not. <laughs> and there's a way to do that as well. That's not yeah. making... I think it's just about, like, stressing the importance... Yeah. Without making it a big deal. Yeah. To a point where people get too uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and sometimes you want to make it a big deal, and sometimes, sometimes it's appropriate. Oh, yeah, 100%. There but, are definitely times yeah, that. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's... I'm not here to make my friends feel like they're shady people. Shady, exactly. Uh, I just want to be able to be comfortable in the spaces that I share with them. Exactly. Oh, my God, that's so true. And, yeah, I mean, like, I'm... I get that it's an adjustment for a, lot of, for a lot of people, especially in a lot of these communities. Like, I'm in this weird position where a lot of my friend groups are super, super queer... Right. And then a lot of them aren't. Right. So I'm stepping between kind of like these interesting, like, okay, what, what, what which script I'm using today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously though. Like, and, and not, not in the sense of like having to be fake or, you know, anything, but like there are different, you have different slang in different communities. You yeah. have different points of reference, like different different assumptions that are made about how the world works. Right. And none of them are necessarily wrong, but it's it's the lens through which those groups perceive the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so there are things that I can take as understood in some groups that I can't in others. Exactly. Like things that need more explanation in some groups than others, or things that I can just assume are accepted versus needing to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh, this is, this is great. You're learning so much. And, and the thing is too is, is like, we got to talk with this shit, people. Like, yeah, like it's so much better to talk about this than, like I said, to just have an assumption and just never yeah. ask questions or never like try to see another side. Yeah. Because there's so many fucking sides. Like people yeah. are so complex. And talking about it is how more people learn about it and how it becomes normalized. Big time. Oh and God. it's that normalization that allows people to exist without threat. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And really understanding all the facets of yeah. these different sexualities. And for me, like, I mean, there was a time in my life where I didn't understand trans. I just didn't. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. And I'm so much more enlightened now, like having talked to trans people. 
Yeah. And fucking talk to them, ask them, like, you know, and like you said, make sure that they're willing to answer those questions. Make yeah. sure it is the right time and time and place for that. But, like, as long as you show empathy. Yeah. And a willingness to understand, I feel like a lot of people are going to be willing to help you through the process and help you understand things. And thank you so much for helping me understand. You're welcome. the pronouns <laughs> thing is something that, like, I can't imagine going through stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I'm and I'm glad that you, I'm really glad that you're not, like, getting mad at people if they fuck up. Because that, like, that would be a fear of mine. Like, yeah. I just would not want to make someone and, mad. And, you know, some trans people will. Um, and I think one of, the, one of the important things is to remember that for a, a lot of trans people, these pronouns were used as weapons against them. Oh, my God. So like, true. the anger is not, the anger doesn't exist without context. Right. You may misgender someone by accident and they may react how, what you think of as d- disproportionately and and maybe it is but a lot more likely i think is that you're dealing with someone who may have been misgendered a lot over the course of the day maybe they're dealing with shitty stuff at work maybe it's a legitimate trigger for them like yeah. ptsd and cptsd are really really common in trans folk yeah. And there's a lot of... There were some studies recently. I need to find them again because I completely lost where they were and I want to, re- want to read them again. But studies done on the incidence of PTSD-like symptoms among gay men oh. without any actual specific traumas. Oh, man. Um, related to essentially what they refer to as minority stress. Mm. So it's not necessarily strictly PTSD, but it's a lot of similar symptoms in terms of how you interact with the world. Huh. That's fascinating. So, like, it may seem like a disproportionate reaction to you. And for that one incidence, maybe it is, quote unquote, disproportionate, but it's not without context. Right. Um, so I think, it. I think having some compassion for that anger yeah. is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly um, it. Compassion. Uh huh. You nailed it. Whew, that's interesting stuff. Holy, holy mo- So what, um, okay, how do I phrase this question? Very carefully. <laughs> Very carefully. You have sexualities like, let's just say asexuality. Yep. You have sexualities like demisexuality. Yep. Um, Which is part of the spectrum. Right. Um, what do you say to those people who say that that shouldn't be a sexuality? I've heard, you know what I've heard people say about demi? Okay. I've heard people say, well, that's just... Wanting a relationship with somebody because you want an emotional connection. And I'm like, I don't know. Because I've, <laughs> I've witnessed people date people that don't seem to give a shit about that person. Or I've witnessed people have sex with people that they don't care about at all. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, it's just an interesting, like, the dummy thing is an interesting thing to me. Because a lot of people think that shouldn't be a sexuality because it's just... And I mean, maybe I should look up the definition, the formal definition. Yeah, my, it's my the emotional connection. I, I guess my argument is, is to ask them why they think they get a say in that. Yeah, really, that. Like, who made you the arbiter of what people get to call themselves? Amen. Um, That's totally. Why, right. why do you think your experiences are universal to the point that you get to say someone else isn't experiencing at the same they're experiencing? Yeah. Like you may not experience like you're. I guess if people are saying, oh, that's just, you know, wanting a relationship kind of thing. It's like, well, what makes you say that? Why do you think that you get to determine determine that? Well, because there's some people who, like, who might just date, 
Okay, and like, this is something that I think I brought up in a previous episode. But yeah. like, there are some people who will date someone and be lukewarm about them. Yeah. And make them their partner because they want the things that come with that relationship, whether that be, you know, just a comfort of having someone. Yeah. Not to be lonely anymore. Maybe they want to split bills with somebody. Yeah. Like, they have all these things, and it's like really not a true emotional connection but they're technically with a partner yeah so it appears to people that they're in this like emotional relationship but really they're not and to me it's like demisexual is like these are people who either maybe maybe they can't just go fuck a stranger because they need that emotional connection there are a lot of people like that that might not identify as demi yeah but then there are people who who really want to say like i'm demisexual so it's just interesting to me the idea of taking on one of those labels yeah or not it's interesting to me the people who choose to do it and who, who choose not to um because like for me it's like yeah i, I want to be emotionally connected to the person in a relationship but i could fuck a random <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> so it, i don't consider myself dummy yeah because i mean that, that wouldn't be because it's like exactly because i i need an emotional yeah and you and you can be attracted you can be attracted to someone without that like um I haven't actually had a lot of demi friends. This is kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. not on purpose. This is kind of like my my friend circles have never really included much in the way people identify as demi. Right. Um. But with what limited experiences with with what limited experience I have there, like I I don't often find demi people you know having celebrity crushes. Mm. Um. Because ah. it's because it's attraction, right? It's not just. The people you're just, having sex with. And it's not just dating or, like, who you... Yeah, it's it's attraction. Like, I cannot think you're hot. Unless or, I have that connection with you. Interesting. Yeah, that's very true. Right? That's very true, yeah. yeah. Huh. And again, you know, sexuality is complicated, so there's probably some variance in, in that regard as well, but... Attraction is so complicated. But, yeah, but we're, we're talking attraction. We're not talking about who you're sleeping with. We're talking about who you think is hot. Interesting. Ah. Oh man, attraction is really, really complicated. Yeah, and it's it's such a tricky subject. I find even for me, like, yeah, I really one of my biggest pet peeves ever is when people judge past partners of mine, or like they'll say things like, "Oh, well, he wasn't that hot. Why'd you fuck him?" <laughs> one of my like, I I fucking hate it when people do. Oh that. god, it's such a fucking insult. It's just like, who fucking cares? Like, I was attracted to him. Yeah. And that's what matters, and I don't give, like, and I mean, yeah, my friends have dated people that I'm not attracted to, but I'm not gonna fucking say, why did you have sex with them and they're not physically attractive? Like, how yeah, can you, how just, can you be so fucking, I don't know, that's just me. One of my pet peeves. There's a, a big tendency in humans to universalize our experiences. Yeah. Where we take what we've experienced and assume that that's how it is for everyone. Yeah. And this is actually a big part of privilege. Huge. Um, because of the ways that we assume that, well, it's not a problem for me, therefore it's not a problem for anyone. Yeah, exactly. Or, um, Assumptions. So I think in that same kind of sense, we tend to universalize the idea of what is and is not hot, right? Or yeah. what is and not attractive. Which is stupid. <laughs> it is really stupid. And it's something I think we got to get over somehow. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I don't really know how, how uh, to get over that. I, I, but... think, I think we're moving towards it. Yeah, I think we're. I think we are too. Like, I think we're moving towards a more nuanced understanding of the world. Like, like a saying, like I was saying about how we have a much better, more nuanced understanding of gender and sexuality now than we used to. 
Um, and that, with luck, will spread and spread and spread until that kind of informs our societal worldview. Exactly. So how do you approach... Um, are you dating right now? I am not. Okay. Do, do you want to date? or Absolutely. Dang, dang, dang. Do you do online or anything like that? Um, I have. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've met up with guys. One of the things I was actually kind of realizing recently... Um, like actually within the last few days, I was kind of looking at how I've been approaching a lot of guys and stuff. And I have a tendency to try to think of with way, way, way to phrase this accurately. <laughs> I want to say I, I have a tendency to keep it casual, uh-huh. but that's, that implies things I don't necessarily mean right now. Uh-huh. Do not open up like to, to people that you meet in dating <sighs> situations right away. Like, are you kind of like an onion? that's a big part of it. And I think part of it too, is that I have a real reticence to kind of say, I like you. Mm, that's scary. It's super scary. It's really scary to say that. And for the last little while, God, God, I haven't been meeting and stuff and, you know, and hooking up with, there's been a real tendency to kind of not try to make a go of it. Like uh. to say, Hey, let's see where this goes rather than, Hey, let's go out. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, it's kind of a defense mechanism, do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> ding, ding. For me too, though. But I mean, like, yeah, mm. I mean, I, I have more experience in, in casual situations than I do in mm. mutually beneficial, emotional. Like, I, I mean, ugh, podcast for another time, Sarah, but like, <laughs> most of my power dynamics with men, I've been on the bottom of. Yeah. Because I'm the one who cares more. I'm the one who feels more. I'm the one who, I'm the one who ends up getting feelings and maybe having to jump ship because I know that's just casual for them. Yeah. Uh, fully admit it. That's just, and so now it's like, it's, you know, it's been six years of that. So for me as well, it's a natural tendency for me to just like not expect anything yeah. like expect bare minimum, which is kind of sad. I think for, and it, but it's fucking hard. Yeah. It's really hard. To just be like, I like you, and I think we should be together, yeah. and, but, you know, whatevs. Fuck. Uh, and also, though, boys are just stupid. <laughs> it's, I mean, I say that flippantly. It's, but it's such a societal thing, is that, like, the expectations that men are given yeah. in society can make it difficult sometimes, and it's, it's interesting to see, it's really interesting sometimes to see what bits of that I have and have not internalized. Interesting, yeah. Um, like, you know, realizing that I'm non-binary and kind of looking back and going, oh, yeah, so there's these things I internalized about being male, these things I didn't, these things that are, you know, more female and feminine that I internalized, these things I didn't, what the fuck even is gender? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Do you happen to know the things that you've... Uh, I mean, like, if I had a list, I could talk about it, but right. not, not nothing necessarily that comes up the top of my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Dating's, uh, dating's hard for everybody, I feel like. And I feel like it's it's about finding someone you trust and that you can clearly articulate to. Yeah. Um, which isn't always the case in casual situations, unfortunately. Yeah. The communication is huge. Oh my god. So fucking huge. Um... But yeah, anything else that you want to add about your whole journey or like where you're at or like where you want to go? Do you want to date? Like, is that kind of yeah, I, I, like, do you want I, I a would, partner? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean I, I'm open to the idea of more than one. 
Ooh, that's actually that. I was actually going to ask you that. Like, if you are poly or more monogamous yeah. or like what? Um, what are you? What are I've never, on? I've never actually been in a poly relationship. I've never actually dated more than more than one person at a time. But it's intriguing. It's not even just intriguing for me. Like, I'm at the point where like I. It's not that I don't think one person could, could give me, could give me every, everything I want. It's that I don't want to put that burden on one person because <laughs> there's a lot of things I want. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it's not just about, like things that I want. It's it, I don't believe in the in the idea of love as a zero sum game. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that loving this person more means loving this person left. Love is not a finite resource. That's, um, that's very true. And and for some people, they just won't love someone if they're already in love with someone else. But I think that there are a lot more people who would benefit from some of the practices of being poly that are willing to admit to it oh my shit thank you <laughs> this has been on my mind for a long time um, actually and, 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 yeah. and i don't mean to say that as everyone should be poly because i don't think that's true but there are a lot of people who would benefit from that and would have healthy relationships for it if they weren't putting all of their emotional needs on one person big ding totally agree and it might not be like you said it might not necessarily be poly yeah. But it might be maybe not being monogamous. Exactly. Because I I talked about this on an episode that got deleted, so I'm going to fucking talk about it yeah. again. But I've been in a lot of sketchy situations with people where they are being sketchy, they are in relationships, and they are doing sketchy ass shit. Yeah. But they are in a relationship. They are in a monogamous, committed relationship, and they are doing sketchy things. And I, I've often told these people, like, have you ever considered talking with your partner about an open relationship? Maybe considering the fact that maybe you're not meant to be monogamous. Not everyone is. There are some people I know who are monogamous 100%. Oh, yeah. Could, could be with that person until the day they die. And even after that, probably won't move on. Yeah. Because they are that monogamous. And then there are other people who I am just like, you cannot seem to not be sketchy when you're dating somebody. And maybe you got to investigate that yeah. a bit. And maybe. if you don't, you're going to be doing a lot of sketchy shit for years to come. Yeah. It's, it, it actually infuriates me. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you could just be more open, A, with yourself about this. Yes, no, exactly. And be more open with your partner about yeah. this. And maybe just not, like, be single. Yeah. Be single and sleep around. There's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of fun in that. There's a lot. Of, like, you're literally not tied down to anybody. You yeah. can do whatever, you can just literally say, I'm not, I'm not, you might not say I'm Pauline. Yeah, and and, and I, I tend to use the word poly as an umbrella term for kind of all responsible non-monogamy, um, and they're not quite the same yeah. thing, it's just poly is shorter. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to say. Um, I've always and, considered poly like you are actually in multiple relationships, Yeah, and I've, I've all, often like abided by the ethical or, yeah, or responsible non-monogamy, yeah. being that like, I'm not really tied down to anybody, I'm just kind of... yeah. And I, th- I think, in fact, you know, ethical or responsible non-monogamy is actually an even better umbrella term. I like that. If it just weren't such a mouthful. <laughs> and it's fucking hard to do, too. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I would consider, you know, most forms of polyamory being responsible oh, ethical no. non-monogamy, right? Because like, yeah. if it's if you're openly dating two people, that is non-monogamy, but you're communicating about it, so that's ethical. Eggs. <laughs> so, oh, um, but God. so is you know other forms of, you know non-monogamous relationships like if you're going to commit a relationship with one person where the terms of are of the relationship are that you can go around and 
fuck anyone you want as long as you don't date them. Exactly. That's I wouldn't consider that necessarily poly. Right. right. But it's still ethical non-monogamy because ethical. that's the terms of that's what you've established, that's what you've communicated, that's what you've set up, right? It's the contract of that specific relationship. Yeah. And as long as you're as long as you're open and honest with your partner about that and there's yeah. clear lines of communication, then that can work. It yeah. must be fucking hard though. Whew. Like and, and that's why in some ways like I complain about being single, but I'm also kind of happy that I Right. Like I'm open for business, like to everybody. <laughs> you didn't see that. I just, I just totally, yes. totally spread my legs there. It was great. But okay, we are an hour and twenty one minutes. Holy in. shit! Seriously, this is the podcast world. This is what happens when you get talking. Oh, this was fucking enlightening as shit, though. Oh man. Well, let's wrap her up. Okay. We're gonna do a little Patreon situation in a second here. <laughs> a little tarot. But I want to say thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. This was absolutely fascinating for me, and I think people are really going to enjoy... I hope so. Thank you for having me on. I mean, it's... I, I... I don't always have the brain to talk about this stuff, but when I do, I love talking about it. Hell yeah, that's what I like to hear. And then... Come back on. Definitely. It's an, once you do Let's talk about sex. It, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I'm, you know, episode 69. If you want, I can tentatively pencil you in for that. That would be great. Because that will have to be a sexy ass episode. Uh-huh. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on. And we're going to end it by you ringing the bell. So ring that bell. Yay! I have to piss so bad. <laughs> this whole time I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't root the flow. I can't root the flow.